how do you actually reconnect with your inner child, especially if you are that high achiever who feels like you've thrown away that younger, more authentic version of yourself? Well, in this episode, I'm sharing with you three tips that I use with my clients that are very quick and effective in getting you back in touch with that younger version of you right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Inner Child Podcast. My name is Gloria Zhang. I'm your host, inner child coach, and psychotherapist, and I help high achievers break the cycle of toxic relationships by healing your inner child first. So, question I get all the time is, how do I actually get back in touch with my inner child if I feel completely disconnected from my childhood version of me, if I don't even remember things, and I've just totally lost touch with that young, free, authentic version of myself? Well, I have good news, my friends, and it's that when you do this work and you get back in touch, you will feel more like a kid in your adulthood than you did when you were actually a child. That is a thousand percent the case for me. I feel this youthful energy inside that I didn't even have when I was a kid. Honestly, when I think back to my childhood, it was completely riddled in anxiety, in indecision, in fear. I want to start with a story to illustrate what I mean by how I felt older as a child than I did as an adult. So when I was in grade two, there was this big strike that went on in my school where I think the cafeteria staff decided to go on strike. And I live in Canada, by the way. So how the school dealt with this is they had parents volunteer to almost like adopt kids during the lunchtime hour and they would take a few kids from each class and one parent would then cook a a gigantic lunchtime meal every single day during the strike and I'm pretty sure this went on for a couple of weeks. So by the time I got rounded up into my volunteer group there was good news and there was bad news. The good news is my host family for that lunch period was with this girl named Amy, who I really, really liked. And keep in mind that back then, as I told you all, I was really not a social kid at all. I had so much social anxiety. And so for me to actually like someone and connect with them at that time was extremely rare. And this one girl, Amy, was always so kind to me and so funny and down to earth, and she never judged me or made me feel bad. And that was the good news, was that her mom was hosting me. The bad news was the other kid that got roped in was another girl, who I'm not going to name, who was one of my bullies in elementary school. I'm just going to call her M, the letter M for now. But this girl, honestly, was the source of a lot of my self-esteem issues coming in from elementary school. And the way that she would treat me was so indirect. Like, I remember so clearly, even though I'm in my 30s and thinking back to when I was just seven years old. Of course, in hindsight, I realized that that's probably what she grew up with in her home. And of course, the cycle continues. 
But keep in mind that at that time I was just a kid, and all I felt was, oh no, right? I'm going to be stuck at lunch every single day for the next few weeks with one girl I really liked, and this other girl who would just torment me and be so passive aggressive and rude towards me. Now, for the first while, I really tried my best to get along. I mean, Amy's mother was amazing. She cooked us all these wonderful meals. She honestly didn't have to go above and beyond. I felt so good and so loved and taken care of by her family that adopted me. And of course, Amy was there, and I tried my best to ignore M, who was trying to bully me, of course. But on the second last day of that lunch, we were all playing together, and then the school bell started to ring. Right, and then I don't know if it's still like this, but if the school bell rang to the very last ring, that means you would be late, and so you would have to run back to class before that very last bell. Now, luckily, Amy's house was not too far away from school, but the bell was already ringing, which meant that we only had you know a few minutes left before getting back into the school. As soon as the bell rang, we all dropped our stuff, whatever we were doing. Amy ran back to get her backpack, and then this other girl M started darting for the school. Right, she was about to run, and in that split second, she turned around and then just screamed at my face, "Come on, Gloria, let's go!" Right, like in a really mean, loud voice, and I just froze. Right, that was the same voice that you know certain family members used on me to really invoke that freeze fawn response in me. When I heard that coming from this bully's mouth. I felt like I had no control over my body anymore, and I just followed her. I left my friend Amy behind at her home after just enjoying such a wonderful meal, and started running behind this other girl. And as I was running, I felt like my soul was still there, like I had no control over my body. And as I was running towards school, and this will haunt me to this day, I remember Amy in the back behind us, you know, crying out. Guys, wait for me. Guys, wait for me. And she was saying that over and over until we couldn't hear it anymore. And we made it on time to class. And Amy didn't. And I remember her sauntering in, in tears. And as I saw her come in, I felt probably one of the strongest times in my childhood at seven years old. This enormous wave of guilt just wash over me because I knew. I had self-betrayed myself. I betrayed one of my closest friends at the time, right? Someone who treated me well, and instead I followed the person that was hurting me. And of course, as you're all listening, you're probably all thinking to yourselves,、mm, "Yes, trauma bonding, Gloria. That's definitely an indicator of what kind of childhood you had." But it didn't matter at the time. And Amy, if you're ever listening to this, I just want to say I am so sorry for that day, and how that might have hurt you. And You know, caused an abandonment wound in you. You know, the reason I'm telling you this story right now is to show that what I felt back then, what I experienced, that is something I would never, ever do in this day and age. Because I actually feel in control of my choices now. I'm clear as to what my values are and to what kind of people are important to me. But back then, when I was a kid, I didn't have that sense of control. Right, we were just reacting and in survival, and we're just responding to how we are wired. And so that brings me to tip number one on reconnecting with your inner child. 
is that your inner child is not all of these other situations of when you were traumatized or going through pain. But your real, authentic inner child is times in your childhood where you did feel safe, times where you did experience those little pockets of joy, those little moments where you were free to be a kid. And for some people, it was that occasional weekend away at grandma's or at that one friend's house, or maybe it was at school, or that random nice kid that you met at the playground, or that random nice neighbor that you had only a few interactions with, but that you remember the warmth of it. And if you didn't have any positive social interactions, then maybe your place of safety was when you were wrapped up all by yourself in a book, in a novel, with your drawing book, or sitting outside looking at trees. It might have been those split moments during recess where you ran down the field or where you looked up at the stars or watched clouds go by. And so I want you to think back to any memory you have of times that you were safe, that you did feel fun and connected or had little moments of, of joy. No matter how awful your childhood was, there are always these tiny little moments that we may not completely remember now. These next two tips will help you get into them. So the first one is thinking about those memories of safety. Because you, when you were safe, was the real you. Because that was the time and the place that you were free to be your true, authentic, organic self. Now, for myself, I didn't have a lot of super positive social interactions, but I had a lot of freedom when I was drawing pictures. Oh my goodness, I would have stacks and stacks and my mother would, you know, make comments on how many pictures and drawings and doodles I had when I was a kid. That's where I escaped into, you know, drawing and pictures. That was my safe space. And eventually my safe space became books and reading and knowledge. Now, for some people, numbers might be their safe space. It might be the thing that makes sense to them. But for me, it was always the creativity, you know, drawing and painting. And I would just completely lose myself for hours into my own internal rich fantasy world. I would create all these magical characters, these storylines, and sometimes I'd be the hero of the story, and sometimes I would draw other heroes. What matters the most is that in these moments when we were young, we are exposed to this rich, colorful, internal world that we have inside of us where we're allowed to be free. And that tells you a little bit about what my authentic self is really like, where I can go deep, deep into myself and explore and come up with all these wonderful, wacky ideas. Now, an example one of my clients came up with is that they had one grandma that they felt really safe with and all the rest of their family was totally toxic. But every time on holidays when they would go visit this one grandma, this grandma would be very receptive, very attuned to their emotions would listen to them, would ask them what they would want to eat, what they want to play with. And even though it was literally one day out of the entire year, that one day stood out to her so much because it meant so much to her to be in a safe space like that. And she remembered when she was at her grandma's place, she acted differently than when she was at home. 
When she was at home, she felt very closed off and quiet because she wasn't allowed to express her feelings. But when that one day of the year when she was at her grandma's, she was laughing and rolling around and jumping on the couch and doing all sorts of things and being spontaneous and adventurous and really allowing herself to express all of those parts of her. Right, So that's another example of a safe memory, a time in your childhood where you were safe, even if it was for a split second or a single day of the year. Figure out what that time was for you. Now, the second trick to getting back in touch with your inner child is tapping into the TV shows or movies or any sort of media that you might have consumed or you know grew up with at that time. And actually, what I want you to do is go onto YouTube and find a playlist of the openings of the songs of those shows or movies that you grew up with. And YouTube's got tons and tons of compilations, so you can search you know, 80s kids shows or 90s kids shows, 70s kids shows, whatever your generation was. And seriously, just sit down and watch them and remember how it felt to be a young child, you know, barely existing in this world already, watching and listening to this entertainment for the very first time. And just thinking back to what kind of a mental, emotional place that took you to. So again, to tie this with an example from my life, as you all know, we didn't grow up with much money at all. We didn't actually have cable growing up. And so the only channel we had that was for kids was called TVO Kids. <laughs> if you live in Toronto or Canada, you know what that is. And it was like the basic free version of TV. So we didn't have like the fancy YTV stuff. And the shows that they would play on that channel were Arthur, Magic School Bus. There was this one show called Sagwa, the Chinese Cat, Little Bear, Berenstain Bears, Corduroy Bear, a lot of the bears, Eating Rainbow, etc. Good at shorts that I could go on and on. Well, you can tell I've done this exercise recently because I did recently take a trip down memory lane. And when you go back to listening to those songs, you actually tap back into your senses, right? You're tapping into your auditory senses and where some of those old memories are still embedded in your body. And you actually get that burst of nostalgia to remember what it was like back then. And I can honestly tell you every time I go on YouTube and rewatch all of the old stuff, I just have this huge smile on my face. And it's almost like it doesn't matter what I was going through at the time. It just was so wonderful to know that when I was a little kid, at least I had this human experience of you know, being so young and feeling so in awe by this animation, which at the time was like top notch, right? And I no longer feel sad about it anymore. But when I didn't feel like I had friends, I would imagine that the characters of Magic School Bus, that they would be my friends. When you look back on what kinds of shows or you know, songs or characters and books that you related to, it tells you a lot about what kind of things that you honestly really enjoyed. And it also tells you what you needed, right? Was it love that you were looking for? Was it a sense of importance? Was it a sense of adventure that really drew you in? You can also do this exercise for music that might have been popular or that you listened to back in that time. So they could be songs that you sang in school, or it could have just been radio music that you were exposed to as a kid. 
And when I was a kid, it was the boy bands and the girl bands like Spice Girls, Britney Spears, all the good, you know, 80s, 90s pop. And again, revisiting those songs and really remembering what it was like at that time. So I don't know about the rest of you, whichever country that you grew up in, but here in Canada, I very strongly remember that in, you know, a very early elementary school, we would do these lip sync performances and lip sync battles in school. And I remember I also had to do them. I think it was for like Eminem or Britney Spears, which looking back probably wasn't very super appropriate. But I was one of those kids that felt so shy and so paralyzed in my day-to-day life. But I felt like I could actually be myself when I performed. Now, a lot of people who work in the arts or who work in acting or who have some sort of public persona they will say the exact same thing and they feel that being on the stage is actually a safe place for them because for them, they don't actually have to be themselves. They feel like they can put on an act and perform. I have a good chunk of my private clientele who work in the entertainment industry or are online influencers and they feel the exact same way as this. So when you're thinking about the word safe, you really want to expand your definition on what that means for you personally. Because what one child might consider safe may not feel safe to the other child. Now, if you were a child who did not have the privilege of having TV or music to listen to, then books might have been your thing. Especially if you went to school, you definitely had to read a lot of books. And this one, you want to think back to what sort of books or book series you really gravitated towards or enjoyed as a kid. Maybe it was comic books. You know, for me, when I was very young, I'm pulling up one right now. It was the little golden books, right? It was those thin hardcover books where they would have this golden foil binding on the edge. And I love these books. I think I owned a bunch of them. I went to the library and read them all the time. And then when I was a little bit older, I was really into The Babysitter's Club, (laughs) written by Anne Martin. I was so absorbed into the characters and felt like, you know, these characters were my friends. And then when I was a little bit older, I was also growing up with the Harry Potter series. But if you do some Googling or you really think back and start doing some research on children's books that were popular at the time, there might be other ones that really stand out to you, but that you've completely forgotten about. I remember this beautiful book that all the kids love to read. It was called The Balloon Tree. It was written by Phoebe Gilman. And it was about this beautiful, magical tree that every once in a while would bloom into these balloons. And every kid in the library wanted it. And of course, there were other fan favorites like Roald Dahl, right? Classic, classic children's novelist who wrote The Big Friendly Giant and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and The Witches. And of course, Matilda, which I related to the most because I always felt like I wasn't part of the family. Curious George and Dr. Seuss. So, you know, really allow yourself to go down that rabbit hole. And if you're feeling up for it, when you remember, remember those few specific books that meant a lot to you, go to the bookstore and pick up a copy of it and let yourself read it again as if you were enjoying it for the very first time. When you were a kid and reading a book for the very first time, you really want to realize how new that experience really is for you. Pick up that book and smell the pages and touch the binding of the book and really look at the texture, look at the colors, look how beautiful it is. 
and how simple and such a small task I'm asking of you to do. And this is the very heart of all mindfulness and meditation, right? It's just going back to the here and now, the things that we take for granted. And the irony of that is even though you went through all that trauma as a kid, you didn't take those moments for granted because it was novel and new for you. And the good news is that you can still tap into that energy even now. If you're having some insights and breakthroughs already, then definitely take a screenshot of this episode and write down what your biggest takeaways were and make sure to tag me on Instagram at ByGloriaZang. So the third one, I left this last because it may sound a little bit weird <laughs> for those who've never done this before. But of course, I always wanna save the best for last. And if you have an open mind and you're willing to stretch yourself beyond what's comfortable and familiar, then definitely, you know, give this one a shot as well. The third tip to getting back in touch with and reconnecting with your inner child, your lost authentic version of you that's still living inside you, waiting for you to come home, is to <laughs> talk in a baby voice to yourself. Um, Gloria, have you totally lost your mind? No, I guarantee you I have not. Believe it or not, talking in a baby or children's voice sometimes to yourself, you know, when you're just hanging out and you can just do this when you're by yourself or, you know, eating a meal or something, it helps you get into your body, you know, your throat, your voice is part of your body, helps you get into that younger version of you. And because we associate that baby voice with you know, being young, youthfulness, it can actually help us feel more free and spontaneous and silly and weird and just out in the open. Now, I realize this is a big ask for my high achievers who are listening, because part of the reason why you've lost your inner child is that you've become so serious. You've become so rigid and controlled that maybe the idea of doing something silly and weird is just so off your radar. But if that's the case, then you probably need to do this even more. You see, talking to baby voice is actually not that weird at all when you look at adult behavior in certain situations. When people become intoxicated or that, you know, they've had a couple of wines, they start talking in that cutesy, you know, babyish voice because they start to feel more comfortable and more able to be themselves and they loosen themselves up. And you don't even have to do that to tap into that state. When you look at couples, right? And I do this a lot with Andrew. When you're comfortable around your partner, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or a non-binary you may start to use that childlike, innocent, cutesy baby voice around your partner when you do start to feel safe. And it is totally healthy, totally normal to do. So if you're open to giving this a try, then the easiest way is kind of just being playful by yourself. You can grab a coloring book, you know, draw a picture or something and kind of just babble out loud to yourself and laughing and being silly and just kind of letting that free spirited energy flow through you, not trying to control things, not trying to sound a certain way, but just kind of being in the moment and having fun and making fun of whatever it is that's coming up for you. You know, the last tip I kind of want to throw in there is that inner child work is supposed to be uncomfortable. This is probably not what you were hoping for, right? Like you probably didn't want Gloria telling you to start babbling in baby talk for yourself. You might think, oh, that's so weird. But really kind of question yourself. Like, why is that so weird? 
Right? Why do you think it's weird? Because last time when I checked other species, you know, dogs and cats, they act just as silly in their adulthood and they play with things in their adulthood, just the same way that they do it as they were kids. Is it really weird or is it a judgment that you have or is it based on social conditioning on what is appropriate or not appropriate for adults? And of course, if you're listening to this, we are here to do the uncomfortable things. We are here to shake things up and really question the norm on what it means to be an adult and a grown-up. I will proudly say that at 30-something years old, I have no problem doing, you know, babbly baby talk to my partner sometimes when we're having fun. I mean, it sounds like a Hollywood movie, but honestly, Andrew and I have dance parties in the kitchen. He's got his own dance moves that he's made up and he's shown me. We really commit to taking time off of our busy schedules. We both, you know, work incredibly hard, but we will literally go down to the ravine in the park sometimes and just lay in the grass and stare at clouds going by. I'm not even exaggerating everyone. Like this is this is actually what I do in real life, right? And you know, sometimes I get some weird looks from people going by and we're kind of just sprawled out on the grass. I think they think we're on drugs or something, but I swear we're not. We're just, you know, hanging out and having fun, but this can be life for you too. And there's no reason why you can't do these things, right? Other than your own judgment of what you think is appropriate or not. You know, a few years ago, people thought it was weird for adults to color in coloring books. And now look what happened. There is an entire industry devoted to adult coloring books, right? Just because someone decided that it's okay to do this, that we're able to change cultural norms. But the thing is, you don't have to wait until then. You get to decide what things mean to you. And if that involves, you know, YouTubing magic school bus and baby talking to yourself, if that's what it takes to help you remember what it's like to be spontaneous and free and silly, then so be it. Go for it, my love. Go and have fun and be weird and shake up this world. Now, in summary, the three tips were number one, Remember the times, the moments, the memories where you felt safe and free and at peace when you were a kid, because that's when your authentic self was able to express itself. Number two was go on YouTube, go to your local bookstore and find those TV shows, books, movies, songs that you listened to or watched or enjoyed as a child. Listen to them, read them, watch them again and remember and relive those experiences. And of course, number three is start baby talking to yourself. Allow yourself to babble. Allow yourself to be free and laugh and cry and just be the weird that you are. If there is an episode or topic that you want to hear about next, definitely DM me on Instagram at ByGloriaZang and give me a follow. I like to post funny reels and share informative tips for you. And that's it for today. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I'm sending you lots of love. And definitely, if you know you end up doing something that I suggested in this episode, send me a message or make a post to let me know. And I'll be very glad to hear about your biggest takeaways. See you in the next episode. Mwah. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. 
If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one.